Hi there, and welcome to the Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion, where our main aim is education through a conversation. Through our conversations, delve deep into all things related to the tradesperson contracting community, from news to education to industry happenings, helping you do better business while building a better and improved South African tradesmen and women contracting community. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. A warm welcome to our audience. My name is Willem Klopper. I am your host. And in this episode, we will have a conversation with Mr. Franz Tour, the director of Cheka Training Matters, a training powerhouse that provides training to those who work in the skilled trades. As I've said, I've got Mr. Franz Tour with me in studio. Franz, thanks to Stack for joining me. Thanks for your effort and your time. And a warm welcome to you as well. Willem, yes. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really appreciate it. And... Um, Yes, um, I'm very, um, what shall I say, I mean, you call us a checker training powerhouse, and nobody called us a powerhouse before, and uh, I'll take that as a huge compliment. Thank you very much. You know, it's, a, it's a real privilege to be here today. Thank you very much. Just before we give our guests the opportunity to introduce themselves, have a listen to this. We'd like to remind our audience that this episode is proudly brought to you by Articulated Plumber. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. All right, Franz, so before I fire away with all of the other questions that I do have for you, um, please just introduce yourself to the audience. Well, yes, thank you. Um, well, I'm one of the shareholders in Checker Training Matters, one of seven, um, of which um, five of them are black people in the company. The company is 58% uh, black owned um, right, as well. Um, I think sometimes people don't see that that way. Some of them just see my face sometimes or they hear about me, but yes, we are a black owned company as well. Um, I'm also director, one of three in the company, and for my sins, I'm also chief executive officer of the company. <laughs> for um, your sins. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, not really, but yes, no, I'm also chief executive officer of the company. And then part of my duties and responsibilities, I'm also, because we're a national company, I'm also responsible for the um, training um, programs in the northern half of the country, as also some southern countries that we work in as well. All right, so you're, yeah. not, you're not limited to a specific region, but you are sort of spread out through other regions and areas of, of the uh, country as well. Absolutely, yeah. Now, we get to that a little bit later, you know, where we are mm. and so forth. But uh, yes, um, we're a national company and we were quite wide as well. I think um, just to give a bit of background to myself, I'm an Eastern Cape uh, a graduate. I studied at the University of Port Elizabeth in uh, BSc Construction Management um, at now called Nelson Mandela University. Mm. And, and then afterwards, uh, my career took a... Uh, while in uh, the construction industry, worked for a construction company, and then also uh, worked for a construction uh, material supplier company, and later on also for a construction um, supplying company in the service industry. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, I did an MBA through Wits University, and um, then more or less 1995, sort of my paths crossed with the uh, training environment ever since been in training. And um, I think my background, where I come from, my qualifications, which be an ideal uh, position to understand the industry that we operate in, in the construction industry that we operate. 
it's always good to know that you have that strong background. I mean, even before, I mean, having been in the training part of, of, of the construction uh, industry is already a good, what, 26 years that you've been in, and specifically in focusing on the training section or training part thereof. Um, but to top that, you have so much more uh, experience before that. Um, so it's always good to hear that, you know, that's the reason why we get, you know, people with exp- certain expertise and knowledge and, and those kind of things into our podcasts. Um, so, again, I think that whatever we're going to discuss today is going to cra- carry yeah, great value yeah. to our audience. Yeah, certainly, William. I think, um, you know, it's good to understand the industry we operate in, that the clients we serve every day, we understand where they're coming from. Um, we understand artisans, we understand professionals. That helps a lot um, in understanding our clients' needs mm-hmm. and what they want from us as a training provider as well. You know, what do we need to do to provide quality um, individuals going into industry? It's mm-hmm. always been our motto from day one. When we train people, we want to be employable in the industry. Yes. Not just to train for the sake of training, but when he walks away with a check certificate or a, a qualification certificate after a trade test, we need to be proud that they, where they got the training from and he must be employable, either as a self-employable or employed by a company as well. Mm, and eventually yeah. deliver quality services. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's our motto. And I think um, we'll get to history just now, but we've been around for 21 years. And I think our motto will once again be in quality training and nothing less. Mm. Um, there are no shortcuts in making artisan, unfortunately. Let's get to Checker. So, so we've 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 spoken we've we've spoken a little bit about Checker, yep. um, and we did say that you're in a couple of regions. But please do give us a little bit of a background about Checker itself. Well, um, yeah, the company was established in in year 2000 uh, when a number of individuals came together. Um, they were a combination of artisans, qualified artisans, um, <clears throat> some people in marketing, and we established a company in 2000. Um, Initially, our focus was on mobile training, um, on technical skills uh, in all the different trades, including plumbing, being one of the trades as well. And um, initially, we started in Gauteng. That was our base we operated from. And eventually, we started a, a branch in, uh, in, in Cape Town as well, um, in a Devonville area. And eventually, we also set up a, a um, college in, um, in the Midwell area, in the Club area as well. Um, Initially, our focus was on mobile training, as I said, but obviously, as we grew over the years, our focus was purely on the construction industry. We started establishing training centers as well, um, in Gauteng, in Cape Town, as well as in Madwal again. Um, incidentally, just something that people may not know, but Czech was the very, we more or less came into being when the CETAS came about in the year 2000. Uh-huh. And we were the very, very first company that got the CETA accreditation in 2000 or thereabouts, of which we're very proud at the time, yeah. I think, um, check our client base, um, covers the, the private sector, you know, people like the construction companies, whether they're big or small, uh, property investors, uh, maintenance companies, um, etc. and then all spheres of government, ranging from municipal level to national public works. Mm. So our client base is very, very broad. And basically we address all training to do in the construction industry ranging from a technical skills level right up to managerial level 
uh, construction management and so forth. Not just, uh, that's excellent. I mean, it's very interesting for me to know or to hear that it's not just the technical skills that you teach people, but you do teach them other skills as well, such as managerial skills as well. Because, I mean, that's sort of imperative. If you did say that when when they qualify at, at Checker and they walk out there, they must be employable, whether that's self-employable or whether that's employable by an employer, a company. But if you're self-employable, you do have to need certain skills to, to manage your own company. So it's just excellent to hear that yeah. those are part of the, yeah. the, the services yeah. and the training that you do provide. No, we do that because obviously it, it doesn't stop at being an artisan. Um, and if especially you want to set up a, your own company eventually, uh, you become uh, the boss man, you become the employer. Uh, you can't be on every single site that you work on. So you need to start looking at supervisors, a junior supervisor that can manage your teams. Uh, yes, so we do provide um, supervisor training, foreman training, it's also called, both the junior and senior uh, foreman training. Then going a little bit higher up the level, you're looking at your site agents, uh, your contract managers um, as well. Yes. Franz, I want to ask you, um, you did mention about we, the, the fact that you were, or Checker was one of the, the first uh, organizations to to obtain, is it CETA credit, uh, yes. accreditation? Yes, CETA accreditation. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Checker's, uh, the memberships to which Checker belongs and as, as well as some of the other accreditations. Okay, memberships, um, we obviously belong to OPSA uh, as a member, one of the preferred training providers as well. And um, then uh, also South African Federation of Civil Engineering Contractors, or the Forum of Civil Engineering Contracts, more uh, commonly known as SAFSEC. Um, we're a member of the MBA North uh, branch. We're a member of the MBA Western Cape branch. Mm. Um, once again, to be in touch with your industry, we serve on training committees um, on places like MBA North, also SAFSEC. Um, where we give input, we also listen to what the industry wants because on these training committees you have your contractors sitting in as well um, and we discuss training needs of industry and we share our comments um, and that's how we actually try and stay in touch with what industry wants. Now we don't op operate in isolation as a training company. Mm. If we don't train people what the industry wants, it's senseless to train people. You may be training the, on the wrong things um, at the time. You know, yes. We say you need to be employable there's no use, he, he walks away from you, but industry doesn't want that skill anymore. Yeah. So it's important for us to, so yeah, so our membership uh, associations has been for that purpose, you know, to stay in touch with the industry and also to stay close to our clients at uh, all times, yes. Let's look at the, the, the trade center itself. It's an approved trade center. Um, when we use the, the, the term or the phrase approved trade center, what, what do we refer to? Yeah. Well, I think approved meaning a, uh, an accredited trade center mm. um, or a trade, uh, a trade development center. Initially, it was only then um, obviously the construction CETA um, accredited training center, um, accrediting you for the different trades to present the trades, um, either in, in learnerships or apprenticeships or short skills programs um, in all facets of the trade itself, you know, covering your, um, in the learnerships, covering your fundamental unit standards, your core unit standards, your elective unit standards. Mm. Recently, obviously, some of the legacy trades um, have now been transferred or re-registered as occupational trades with the QCTO. Oh, um, right. And um, apart from having been accredited um, or approved by CETA on all the other trades before, we've now also acquired uh, the accreditation on a QCTA level. Um, for your bricklayers, carpenters and plumbers, uh, which are the only trades at this point in time 
that the occupational trades fall. You know, because we're all still waiting for plastering and tiling yeah. and painting the other trades to come through at some stage. Um, we also uh, recognized NAMP, uh, um, National Artists and Moderation Body, uh, ARPL Center, um, recognized for that as well, so we could also perform that function. So I think if we're talking about um, approved trading centers, it has to be accredited trading centers with the official accreditation bodies out there. Now, as a training center, we also um, registered with the part of our education and training as a registered training authority um, as a private FET college. Mm. Um, yeah, so we're trying to be registered and accredited with all relevant bodies, once again, to give assurance or confidence to clients coming to our training center um, that they will get quality training. So when they walk f away from there, it's... Um, a guarantee, not a guarantee, but they've got to have a good chance, you know, of being fully qualified and to be able to pass a trade test when they leave us mm. as, a, as a training center. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. Introducing the Plumbing Industry Registration Board Company Registration Portal. Now you can register your company to have access to more benefits, including purchasing and allocating certificates of compliance to your PRB registered employees. Visit www.pirb.co.za to find out more information. Plumber training has never been easier with articulated plumber courses. Enroll now to upskill yourself at your own pace and earn CPD points. Our informative and easy to follow courses can be found on iopsatraining.co.za. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Articulated Plumber. Franz, we keep using the term uh, training and, 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 and the term qualification, but I want to ask you now, what is the importance for those in the skilled trades, and, and that includes plumbing, um, to receive proper training and to become properly qualified within their specific trade? I think, Willem, um, you know, for us, the, the, uh, the services of well-qualified or technically-qualified artisans, I'm talking about trade-tested um, artisans against international standards will always be in demand for me, for us anyway. Um, that's nationally and internationally. I think a well-qualified, because our qualifications are measured against international qualifications. Now, I think you mentioned a little bit earlier in one of your questions is that what about the opportunity to work overseas internationally? Mm. Yes, no, so I know when you maybe have to go to New Zealand, Australia, there's some um, crossover exams you may have to do. But our qualifications are pitched at, at international levels. Mm. Okay, so it's important to be well qualified. Okay, um, I think to build safe infrastructure against set standards. I think we're talking about standards and regulations require individuals to have undergone proper apprenticeship training that covers both trade theory as well as uh, practical elements that leads to a trade test. Mm. I think what we're seeing at the moment is that there are quite a lot of people out there. We see them every day, see them every Saturday at Shops selling tiles or robots. He's a street corners. Yeah, he's a bricklayer. He's a carpenter. Whatever. Yes, he may have some basic technical skill to perform the task, which is good and well. But does he know the regulations? Has he ever set eyes of, or, or on the building regulations and specifications? Does he know anything about sans codes of mm. conduct? Mm. Um, does he know how to build safely? I mean, in the plumbing industry, especially. Health is a big issue. You mm. know, SANS, every single element of plumbing is regulated by a SANS code. Mm. Um, maybe not so much in the other trades, but 
it's important then for a well-qualified artisan to both know the theory as well to do it practically um, uh, at, a, at a good quality level as well. And I think a, a formally qualified artisan have a better chance of starting their own businesses, I think, because they understand the bigger picture, mm. because they are taught in the programs to see the bigger picture as well, not mm. just to focus maybe on the trade, because there are some elements of business skills involved there and um, things like that, starting your own business, and for tendering and securing contracts. I mean, if you submit a tender with your qualifications, especially to some of the government departments, I think it's done a better chance to obtain the work than somebody that hasn't got the qualifications. So, um, and I think for me, at the end of the day, also your consumer has got peace of mind that the individual that's doing the work is a well-qualified artisan. Mm. I mean, we can come back to other trades, other professions. You wouldn't like somebody that's not a qualified doctor to operate <laughs> on you. Or, yeah. um, you know, uh, so why not accept the same standard from the artisans at yeah. the end of the day? You know, why should you be happy with substandard skills out there? You know, why take the risk of identifying somebody at the robot to come and do your plumbing work mm. for you? Mm. I mean, we'll get to that a little bit later. Maybe you can ask a question, but what's in it for the consumer? I yeah. mean, you paying, you think, good money, for this guy on the on the on the at the robot, okay, he's gonna do the work for you. A month later, he has to come back. We have to get a qualified guy in yeah. to come and do the work or redo the work. Okay, it's going to cost you twice the amount of money. Um, yes, so it still makes sense to become a fully qualified artisan. Um, absolutely, I think. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, from from your perspective, just ask you. What do you think about continuous professional development? Because you know, artisans get their training, they get their qualification, and then they get their trade certificate. Um, but things change. I mean, technology changes, methods changes. Um, they, they can a new tool can come into the industry or new uh, equipment mm. that they have to use yeah. and install. Yeah. What is your perspective on, on continuous professional development, continuous learning? I think, um, well, um, I think it's very important in, in the industry, even artisans and the plumbing industry as well, absolutely. I, mean, I think plumbing especially um, is a continuous development trade, definitely. I think some of the other trades, maybe bricklaying and concrete is less, um, not competitive, but less um, progressive mm. in terms of developments. But I think plumbing, especially, you know, you get new piping systems every day, new um, technologies, new techniques. New types uh, of material. Material every day. So it's very important. I think, um, and I think the, for me there are two stages really to, for continuous development. I think it's the, the training phase. Um, Hence, we try as a company also to reach out to uh, suppliers, materials, and equipment mm. to become more and better part of the training program itself. Invite them on board, bring your new products, bring your new systems, um, come and discuss with learners new systems on the market. I think not just for the learners, but also for our own practitioners, because mm. these guys don't work every single day in the market anymore in industry, they're not on sites. So they don't always get in touch with the latest developments and products out there. So it's good for our own guys to get exposure to new materials and things like that. So even it's our responsibility as training providers to invite those suppliers into the training environment to come as guest lecturers, come and show off your new products. So when the learners go out in the field and, and do his workplace experience phase, he doesn't get a huge fright 
to see a new product. He's never come across this in his life before, you know. He's already seen it. It's a good use advantage for him. But yes, so it's a training phase to keep on top of what the industry developments are. But then after he's qualified, you're quite right. I mean, it's like what we're doing at the moment. You know, there are podcasts, there are webinars, there are... I mean, the social media is awesome, you know, mm-hmm. stay in touch with the plumbing evenings, you know, up to you as individual to be in touch with new developments every single day of your life. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to fall behind. Yeah, um, yeah so fast it's important to stay uh, on top of new developments all the time. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For, for those in the trade, but also for, for, for the for training us. houses, for you as a training absolutely, center. Absolutely, yeah. Have to, yeah. And hence the fact yeah. that you yeah. mentioned that you, yeah. that, you are, that you are in sort of collaboration with, yeah. with uh, industry bodies like IOPSA yes. to stay up mm. to date with what is needed and required within yes. the industry so that mm. that you can provide to the learners who come to you to uh, exactly yeah, yeah. I think one of the things we um, uh, are the IOPSA training provider forum uh, recently it's one of the messages went out and said guys we need your assistance as well all the providers great the providers um, to go out and to, to, to get the message out to, to your suppliers out there, you know, get more in touch, involved with the training providers, you know, because we can't operate in a bubble ourselves, yeah. you know, in, in isolation. Yes. It needs to be a complete stakeholder involvement. And then we're talking about providers, or suppliers of materials, systems, your employers, your plumbing companies, mm-hmm. okay? We all need to work together to deliver a quality, I would say a, a product, a personal product, but um, a quality person, we talk about quality, yes. you know, at the end of the day, you know, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a combined effort to deliver that person at the end of the day, yeah. I want to get back to the word quality that you used. If, if quality plumbers are sent out into the world, then it will help to change that, that misconception that currently exists about the trades and about plumbing, for, for example. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, well, you're quite right. I think we spoke about it, and I think... Um, Recently, um, I was part of a panel discussion on the Human Resource Development Council um, about restoring the skills pipeline in South Africa. Um, and one of the things I say, guys, artisans, because I spoke from a, from a point of view from artisan development. Okay, so guys, um, for me, to be an artisan must be seen as an elite career. Mm. You know, I like to call it elite career. It's not like, as you said, it's a last resort um, career option, you know. We're talking about growth in the economy, uh, in industry. You know? yeah. Somebody has to build roads. Somebody has to install plumbing systems in high-rise buildings, shopping centers. Yeah. Um, you need to be an artisan. It's an elite career. Mm. It we is need, a profession. It's a profession. We need those people. I mean, who's going to do it? Yeah. The doctor's not going to build a building, you know, or the accountant's not going to like bricks <laughs> or put in piping systems. And it must be seen as elite career. It's a, it's a you must take pride in this, this artisanship. Mm. You know, it really is. You know, it's not a last resort option. You know, not everybody can be accountants and professors and whatnot. You know, yeah. it's an elite career to follow, and that must be seen in that light. Um, it's really, uh, and you must be pr- proud to be be an artisan. You yeah. know, because really, I mean, if you as an artisan, eventually you're a qualified plumber, you're a qualified bricklayer, and you. You're a dad and you drive past the building and you can tell your kids, I was involved in the plumbing systems in that 20-story high-rise building. You know, that's my handiwork, you know. Yeah. Look at those guys sitting in those offices. I mean, those yeah. toilets they go to, you know, they wouldn't function without 
me having installed some of those systems. You know, so you must take pride in being an artisan. It's an elite career to follow, absolutely. And I'd like to message out there to guys, you know, that are still wondering should I become an artisan or not. Mm. I mean, really, guys, it it is an elite career to follow. I absolutely, mean, absolutely. So it's an essential. It's an it's essential, an essential yeah, service that they yeah, provide. Absolutely, and it, it's not a shame to be an artisan. It's actually. You must be very proud to, to be an artisan. I mean, absolutely. Franz, do you recognize a shortage of properly qualified, skilled tradespeople in, in South Africa, um, perhaps even globally? And, and could this shortage serve as a, as a motivation uh, to persons who may have any interest in, in the skilled trades or who may have a natural aptitude for, for, the, for the skilled trades? Well, I think so, definitely. And I'm not just looking at the statistics coming through from uh, the OPSA research that was done recently about only out of 125,000 so-called plumbers out there, 18,000 are registered plumbers. And there's also, so this morning, the Leadership Skills Development Summit 2021, where they state there's an alarming shortage of skilled workers in almost every sector. So it's, so my comment is backed by seems like research as well, you know, and we see it. And I, and I think I mentioned a little bit earlier to you as well, um, yes, there are many people out there with a practical skill, um, but we get calls on it almost on a weekly, daily basis, you know, where companies tender for projects and they submit the, they're successful and the client would like to see qualified papers, mm. okay, mm. and they don't have it. Um, and then what they call is, and that's what I call in crisis training, you know, can you quickly, quickly uh, give me a certificate for this individual? So guys, that's not how it works. So there's a huge, there's a, you know, yes, we need proper apprenticeship training. I don't know if this is a thing that's come over the years, mm. but I think there's been a shortage of proper apprenticeship training. Um, and maybe once again, I'm coming back to the fact that people don't see being an artisan as an elite career opportunity. But I think we need to drastically look at addressing that immediately, you know, in a, definitely, you know, because I, I, we need qualified artisans out there, yes, absolutely. Let's talk about funding uh, for, for technical skills and apprenticeships. I think that's a model that we have to look at um, for, for artisans as well, for trade skills trading as well. Um, We'd like to see um, artisans coming for the three-year apprenticeship period, two, three months training with a training center, and obviously going back to the employer to start off with his workplace experience. But what we find with the present funding models is that it pays for maybe training, pays for stipend, especially unemployed people, it pays for a lot of, lot of other things as well, okay? But it never pays for any accommodation for those learners. It doesn't allow a learner to stay in for a three or four month period to be a, um, a captive audience, so to speak. Mm. And that creates sort of problems, I think, for pro providers. Learners can't get their training centers on time, it's absenteeism. Um, so I think it's something that we have to, to look at as well, you know, um, to address the issue about apprenticeships, because it's a three-year commitment. Um, yes, there are funding models out there from government, um, but I think it needs to, but it doesn't cover any accommodation. And my argument is that bursaries for university students or uh, university of technology students, they normally cover everything, you know, tuition, meals sometimes, accommodation, 
why can't it be the same type of funding model for apprentices as well? Mm. You know, so I think it's something I'd like to advocate for um, that they relook at the funding model and I think it'll address the, the, the shortage of apprenticeships definitely as well. All right. So, um, yeah, it's something I have to look at, I believe. Just before we continue the conversation, have a listen to this. Don't forget to download the all-new and improved App Plumber from the Google Play Store. All your plumbing solutions are just a click away, exclusively for Android users. Where can interested parties, those who are interested in following apprenticeships with Checker, where can they get hold of you? How can they get, where can they find Checker? Where can they get hold of you? Telephone number, email addresses, website? Uh, well, yes, they can look at our website, www.checker.co.za. There's also an inquiry um, section or contact us section where you can fill in your details and we'll get all your details. Um, they can phone, um, you know, I'm just going to check, as a, there's a national number as well, 061-CHECA1. Uh, uh, they can also phone that, um, but also they can phone the uh, Gauteng office, 011 and the Cape Town one is 021-867-8057. Uh, those are two offices, Cape Town and Gauteng. Um, I can give out my cell phone number, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but they can also yes. email me as well. It's France, F-R-A-N-S, at Cheka, T-J-E-K-A, dot C-R-Z-A. Um, yes, uh, guaranteed you will get a response um, on any query that comes through to us. Franz, I want to thank you for again for your time and your effort for the information that you've shared with us. But I, um, I do really hope and I do believe that this, you know, what you've shared with us today will sort of inspire uh, those who are interested in working in the skill trades to to uh, you know to acquire the correct and proper training and the correct and proper qualifications for the skilled trades that they want to work in. So thanks to to you for that. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'd just like to put the message out there once again, guys, to everybody listening. Um, to be an artisan is uh, it's a privilege to be one and mm. see it as an elite career choice and not as a last choice, please. I mean, come forward. The country needs artisans and fully qualified artisans. Um, that is my message. Thank you very much, Willem. I appreciate the. Uh, the time and yeah, inviting us. Thanks a lot. Awesome. And lastly, thanks to our audience for having tuned in and listened. We see you next time. Just before we say goodbye, have a listen to this. We'd like to encourage our audience to follow Articulated Plumber on Instagram and Facebook, not only to find out more about the Man in the Band podcast, but also to learn more about any exciting and interesting news that we may have. Our handle on both Instagram and Facebook is Articulated Plumber. Finally, it's time to switch off this engine. Cheerio. Man in the Van podcast, your regular audio drive time companion.